Liverpool may have dropped points to start the Premier League season this past weekend, but their tactical evolution may be heralding a broader trend for elite clubs globally. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, August 8th. Okay, the English Premier League's first weekend is in the books, and we got a surprising result on the first full day of games. Liverpool drew 2-2 with Fulham at Craven Cottage on Saturday, and John Muller is here, as he usually is on Mondays, to talk about something statistical or tactical or something maybe at the intersection of those two that's worth keeping an eye on in the weeks and months ahead. His focus today is on the two Liverpool players that scored in that draw, Darwin Nunez and Mohamed Salah John. You have a piece about this in The Athletic today. It's linked in the show notes. And you start that piece with what I think is a really interesting observation about Mohamed Salah's role and how it's changed for Liverpool in the last season or so. So this is relatively recent. Uh, What did you find there? On the very last day of last season, like right before the Champions League final, uh, I wrote kind of a big article about Liverpool's evolution. And one of the things that I wrote about in there was how last season – uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who you know is Liverpool's primary playmaker in the final third, has started coming inside a little bit more. Uh, traditionally, Liverpool played with narrow wingers, right, and a false nine. So Salah would be kind of close to the top of the box, and Roberto Firmino would be dropping. Uh, but now you have Trent coming inside a little bit, and Salah was playing higher and wider, more like a traditional winger uh, than an inverted winger who's going to dribble inside and shoot and score. Okay. Uh, so, so what that meant, though, was that he was winding up dribbling up the wing and like kind of playing crosses with his weaker right foot, which is not a thing that we've traditionally seen from Salah. And so this, this piece kind of continues on that and talks about how this season might kind of take advantage of that new look. And a key part of that taking advantage is uh, Darwin Nunez. He joined Liverpool this summer for, for Benfica, a 75 million euro transfer, potentially up to 100 million euros. That's about the same in U.S. dollars, give or take a few mil. At least it is at the time of recording. Um, it's their biggest signing of the offseason. He's a big figure, uh, you know, pretty much an out-and-out striker. Different profile from Roberto Firmino, I think it's fair to say. How does he fit into this sort of evolving role for Salah? Yeah, you know, we talked last week about player roles in this new data project that's going to drop on uh, Wednesday. Right. And in in the player roles like framework, uh, Firmino would be a roamer, right? He's a guy who drops off the front line and kind of wanders between the lines and drags defenders around that way. Whereas Nunez is much more a finisher, a guy who stays between the center backs and, you know, can lead the line uh, when Salah gets up the wing. And so that enables him to make different kinds of runs than you would usually see from a false nine like Firmino. Uh, so I, I ran a little bit of stats and confirmed that most assists from kind of wide wing areas, if you imagine a box from like the edge of the six yard box to the penalty spot uh, and out to the wing, passes from that area are most often finished at the near post. And you can also go far post, you can pull it back. Uh, but but they're most often scored at the near post. And if you have a false nine who's dropping off and doing stuff between the lines, he's not necessarily going to be in position to make that near post run. Yeah. But if you have a finisher who's between the center backs like Darwin Nunes, he likes to get on the blind side of the defenders and then cut across real fast and, and finish those shots at the near post. And we saw twice in two minutes against Fulham, he made the exact same run, got the exact same shot. The first one was saved, the second one scored. And it was really remarkable, like kind of how practiced this already looked on day one of the season. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So my next question is, of course, what can defenses do now that Liverpool have this kind of new look? What can defenses do to stop this? And American to American, of course, I have to contextualize this with Liverpool playing Crystal Palace this next weekend. It's possible Chris Richards will get on the field and instantly have to face... Uh, you know, one of the most fearsome uh, attacking front lines you could possibly get introduced to in the Premier League. Uh, what what sort of like counteraction is there to this new look from uh, from Liverpool? Well, the good news for Richards, I think, is that defending is a team effort, and there are like multiple ways that you can try to to stop this. One thing is, you know, you could choose not to let Salah get up the wing, and I think most defenses would prefer to do that because having Salah crossing on his right foot is better than having him cutting inside and shooting on his left foot. So usually your right. left back is going gonna, is gonna to let him get up the wing and just take your chances with that. Uh, so then behind the left back, you've got your left center back. Uh, he's often going to find himself drawn to Trent or to Jordan Henderson in that right half space. He's going to kind of move up that way, and he's not going to be in position to cut out those near post runs, those balls to near post runs. But if you're aware that this is a threat, you know, as a left center back, you can be a little bit more conservative and you can wait and cut off that cross rather than uh, pushing up onto the guy in the half space. And then, of course, you've got your right center back, who's usually the guy who's going to be marking Nunez himself. And he has to be super alert that Nunez is, you know, hiding on his back shoulder, waiting to cut across, trying to get to the near post. And he's got to make that run at the same time. So any one of those three guys could theoretically stop this. But Liverpool has so many threats and so so many directions that it's hard. Uh, John's piece that delves more into this new look from Liverpool is up on the athletic right now. Before we go, John, I want to ask more of an overall question that is not addressed in the piece, but something that came to mind. I can't help but notice that uh, there's been a fair bit of movement of uh, big physical sort of traditional quote unquote center forwards, if you want to call them that. Uh, Recently, either this window or the window before, two teams that haven't traditionally really played with one, obviously like Erling Holland to Man Man City is one. There's uh, Lewandowski to Barcelona. You could maybe count Vlahovic to to Juventus. Um, After this era of the false nine, (laughs) where everybody's moving around and positions are very interchangeable, are we seeing sort of a cyclical process here where big physical center forwards that occupy space and can draw defenders in what might what some might say is a traditional way are those coming back into vogue are we going to see more really really good really elite teams play this way similar maybe to what you were describing with nunez i mean definitely you can tell that story and we're going to a lot this season and we're going to discuss ad nauseum like whether this is a real trend but you know as recently as last season the best teams in the world were still playing uh you know man city didn't have a striker at all liverpool was frequently playing with the false nine uh, you know, Barcelona did have Obama Yang before Lewandowski, but like Javi That's himself true. had said, this That's isn't a good fit for us. Uh, so it's, it's a really new trend and we'll see how it works. We'll see, you know, how these teams evolve, if it, if it really helps them. 
you know that I'm skeptical that Holland's going to make City better, although he did score two goals today. So, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. It's, it's going to be a fun development to watch. And I'll certainly be asking you more about it as the season goes on. John Muller, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Before we go, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern at 3 p.m. in the championship. We have West Bromwich Albion versus Watford. That'll be on ESPN Plus in the United States. There might not be any Daryl DK in this game for West Brom. Word as of Sunday is that he's picked up an injury, but there's no word officially on the extent of that yet. Later on tonight in Liga Emeki's Femenil action, we have two games at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m., both of which are on Fox Deportes in the United States. The first of those is Juarez versus Atlas. The second is Club Tijuana versus Pachuca. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.